Hi, I'm Mike Franzone, and welcome to the Prophecy Channel. I've entitled today's podcast, Don't Take the Mark of the Beast, Revelations 13 and Revelations 14. So let me begin reading Revelations 13. I'll read from uh, verse 11 through verse 18, and then we'll look at Revelations 14. Then I saw another beast. Now, this is not the Antichrist. This is the false prophet, and hold on to that. Then I saw another beast coming out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb and spoke like a dragon. He exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence and causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. He performs great signs so that he even makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. He deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs which he has granted to do in the sight of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword and lives. He was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads, and that no one may buy or sell except he who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. His number is 666. Now, listen to Revelations 14, beginning in verse 9. Then a third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and his image, and receives his mark on his forehead or on his hand, he himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out full strength, and to the image of his indignation. He should be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever, and they have no rest day or night who worship the beast and his image and whoever receives the mark of his name. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. I believe that the next great prophetic event will be the rapture of the church. That is the catching and the or the uh, the catching away of the church. That's mentioned in First Thessalonians chapter four, verse thirteen through eighteen. And when that rapture takes place, when God takes the, His uh, people home, there'll be a seven-year tribulation on this earth. That seven-year tribulation is a time of not only judging the earth but also a time to bring Israel back to God, to wake them up. Most of Revelation 13 takes place, I believe, in the middle of the tribulation period. It is in the middle, we'll get to that in a little bit, when things really get crazy. But let me say this, if you miss the rapture, don't take the mark of the beast. The arrival of the second beast completes this satanic trinity. We have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The satanic trinity is Satan, the Antichrist, the false prophet. And the great irony on the tribulation period is that Satan uses religion to unite the world to himself. The false prophet is the epitome of every false prophet in history and every false religion. The religion of the last days is the religion of the dragon, 
the counterfeit church, the, what we call the great apostasy, the moving away from the commandments of God and the word of God. You know, we're going woke today. Woke people, woke corporations, woke government, woke media, woke universities, woke churches. Let me explain what that means. Now, if you look at the definition, woke, W-O-K-E, simply means awake. It doesn't sound too bad at first. I'm awake to the evils of our society, all right? Now, they believe the evils of our society is America and Christians, but they've kind of changed the definition. So when we speak about going woke today, we're talking about a mindset, a belief system, a belief system that agrees with class warfare, with critical race theory, which is nothing but Marxism, with radical feminism, abortion, systemic racism, the belief that all white people are born racist, uh, sexual identity concepts like the gender confusion, transgenderism, this business about pronouns, the LGBTQXYZ agenda, social justice, which sounds good, but really doesn't mean social justice. It means cancel culture. That's wokeism. And you could put all of that in one bag, and we could call that wokeness. It is pollution. It is destructive. It is part of the apostate church in the last days, the anti-biblical, anti-Christ, anti-God church. This is the amalgamation of all religions that pretty much leaves out the deity of Christ. And it has made deep inroads into our culture even now. It is this, this wokeism has infiltrated into our churches, into our denominations. I've seen it in the Methodists, the Presbyterians, the Catholic, the Episcopal, non-denominational churches, community churches, even in the Southern Baptist Convention. I've seen it, I've heard it, we're moving away from the faith. And God bless those pastors and churches who continue to, to side with God and side with the faith and preach the eternal word of God. The counterfeit church offers, offers a all roads lead to heaven mentality. They read the Bible like Homer, like Homer's Iliad, right? the Odyssey, or Aesop's Fable, or like Jason and the Golden Fleece, all of that, and all of that is a cancer, but all of that is getting us and grooming us for the last days. All right, let's look at this passage today, Revelations 13. In verse 11 through 12, he speaks of his description, that is the false prophet's description. He says, I saw another beast. The Greek word alos means another of the same kind. So he's related to the first beast, which is the Antichrist. They're good buddies. The false prophet and the Antichrist are in league with each other. They think the same way. They have the same designs, the same purpose. And this is a religious leader who points the world to the first beast. This is the great ecumenical charlatan. It says that the false prophet comes out of the earth. The... Uh, Greek word there, gi or gay, means the land. Israel is called the land, the beautiful land. It's very possible that the false prophet will be of Jewish descent. Whether he lives in Israel, who knows? He could live in Europe, he could live in America. But irregardless, he will be of Jewish descent, and that's very possible. Now, verse 1 talks about the first Antichrist. 
and it says that he will come out of the Gentile world. Again, the Gentile world is this called the sea. So that's something to look at, and we'll look at this, I'm sure, in other podcasts as well in, in more depth. But it says he comes like a lamb. And what does that mean? When you think of a lamb, what do you think of? Something gentle, sweet, something cuddly. So he comes as humanity's friend. There is an easiness about him. He seems like a nice guy. He seems, what do they say? Too good to be true. He's very charismatic. He's polished. He's persuasive and charming. He's very religious. And he becomes a powerful figure. But the false prophet is a fake. He's a phony. He's bogus. He's a fraud. He's a counterfeit. John the Baptist looked at Jesus and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world in John 1.29. But this lamb is a fake. He's a false lamb. We call him the false prophet. Now it says that this lamb, the description of the lamb, he has two horns. Now one means symmetry and one means power. And that equals rulership. So he has some power, he has some rulership, he has some authority, but he's a hybrid. He's a false lamb. He's an imposter. Revelation 5, 6 speaks about the true lamb, God's lamb. Jesus Christ is called the lamb of God. In Revelation 5, 6, God's lamb has seven horns, the number of perfection. Jesus Christ is the true lamb of God, and the false prophet is a fake the false prophet rises out of this ecumenical ooze, this coexist movement, the apostate church, this wokeism religion. He comes out of that mess. But it goes a little farther in the description in Revelation 13. It says he speaks like a dragon. Now the Bible reveals who he really is. He speaks Satan's word. He speaks like the serpent in the garden, seductive, enticing, charming, tempting, but his words betray him. He is Satan's emissary. And verse 12 says he exercised the authority of the first beast, that is the authority of the Antichrist. The Greek word there is exousia, which actually means authority, power, but it means delegated authority. So the false prophet, as well as the Antichrist, are powered by Satan, allowed by God, but powered by Satan. It's a counterfeit Moses and Aaron. That's what we have here. And then the scripture continues to read in Revelations 13, 11, and 12, that he causes, it says that he causes, let's see what, he causes. The Greek word means to manufacture or to construct. So it's a present tense verb, which means the kind of action is continual. And what does he cause? It says he exercises all the authority of the first beast in the presence of uh, uh, and causes the earth and those who dwell in, in the earth to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. So what he does, he makes fire flash down from heaven. He manufactures, he constructs. So he has some supernatural power as well. The Antichrist does too, all right? But it speaks of the kind of action which means continual action. He continues to do miracles, miracles to draw the people to the Antichrist and to worship him. And the Jews are drawn to him because he's like Elijah calling fire down from heaven, verse 13. 
the Muslims are drawn to him because he's like the Al-Mahdi, their savior, who will come and perform great miracles. But he is a wolf in sheep's clothing, and he gains worldwide credibility. And verse 12 says this, he causes them to worship the beast, the first beast, the Antichrist. So, follow me. He exerts pressure through a fake resurrection because he goes on and says this, and I'm not sure of all the, the ramifications of that. He was wounded. Watch. Verse 13 says the image of the beast. The beast was wounded, verse 14, by the sword and lived. Verse 13 says he had a deadly wound and that deadly wound was healed. So what we have here is kind of a fake resurrection of some kind. And let me say this, he offers the world a new way out of its mess. And even today, you see the chaos that's going on you and, and you know something's up. Evil is afoot. The world is being primed for the supernatural. The new age mentality, UFOs, alien abductions, the paranormal, the ghosts. Man is a spiritual being, but he's being groomed to believe in some coming supernatural event. Is it the arrival of the aliens? Who knows? Again, we'll be talking about that in other podcasts. But we're being groomed to believe the UFOs, the alien abduction. We're being groomed to believe a supernatural event is coming, something that will come and maybe change the chaos in this world. And so the false prophet comes along, says, we have this great leader. God's hand is on him, but he is the beast. We know he's the Antichrist. We know he is the devil, the devil incarnate. Now notice the second thing in verse 13, 14, and 15 in Revelations 14, his description, or excuse me, his deception. Verse 13 says he does great signs. Let me read that. He, the false prophet, performs great signs so that he even makes fire come down from heaven and on the earth in the sight of men so everybody can see it. He deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs which he was granted, granted to do in the sight of the beast, telling those who are dwelling on the earth, make an image to the beast who was wounded by a sword and lived. He is granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. He comes with great signs. Now, the Greek word <clears throat> great there is the Greek word megos, which means large or huge in the very wildest sense. Signs. Signs. Semion. Semion means miraculous tokens. Signs to confirm or corroborate or authenticate the false prophet and the Antichrist. If you go back to the book of Exodus, there was Janus and Jambres in Exodus, and they were sorcerers, and they were coming against Moses, and to a certain point, they had demonic power. Demons have power. People possessed by demons have power. The Antichrist and the supernatural have supernatural power given to them by Satan. Verse 14 says this, that he encourages the world to make an image. To make an image, verse 14. Now the Greek word image, icon, means a likeness or representation, a close resemblance, a statue. 
the image will be of some kind of a reflection of the beast. Will it be some computer? Will it be a statue? I, we'll have to talk about that on another podcast. We don't really know exactly. But this image, verse 15 says, will have power. And he will give it power, give it power to have breath. Not life, not life, but breath. He, I don't think he makes it necessary to come alive because only God has the power to give life. But Satan makes an inanimate object animated. Verse 15, he granted him power to give breath to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. So, Satan makes an inanimate object animated. Now look about, well, what do we have today? We've got talking GPS, we've got talking computers, we've got, you know, that speak with, with emotions as well. We've got the AI, right? Artificial intelligence is growing. Robots that speak and act and express. We have all the technology right now. But there'll be some supernatural element to this as well because a false prophet will be granted power from Satan. It's limited, but he'll have that power. And verse 15 says, it will speak. This image will communicate. Those who will not worship the Antichrist, he says, in verse 15, will be put to death. Those who do not show loyalty will be executed. And how do you show loyalty, all right? How do you show loyalty and not be considered a traitor? You take the mark of the beast. Am I warning to you is this, if you're listening to this and the church is raptured and you're listening to this podcast, don't take the mark of the beast. Trust Jesus Christ alone for your salvation because if you take that mark, you will be damned forever. Now, let's go a little farther in this passage, verse 16, 17, and 18. I want you to look at his dictates. Verse 16, I'm just going to go ahead and read those to you again. He calls us all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their forehead, so that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast. It is the number of a man, of a man. His number is 666. Now let's look at the verse 16 and pull over and park on the word mark. It's a Greek word, charagma, which means to stamp, to impress, to engrave, to brand, to show a mark of ownership. They would use this word uh, in the ancient days as soldiers who were, who were branded by their commanders, right, to show they, who they belonged to. Slaves were branded by masters. Pagan temple devotees were branded with marks of their gods or goddesses as well. But what that mark means is this. That mark means you submit. You submit to the rule of the beast. Isn't it funny? Islam means submission. You submit to the rule of the beast. You are loyal to the devil. You belong to the Antichrist. You belong to this fake system. You belong to Satan. That's exactly what that means. That's why he goes on and says later on that those who take the mark of the beast will end up in the lake fire. And verse 16 says this, he causes, okay, he causes, manufactures, causes all, 
both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive this mark. Famous people, infamous people, rich, the poor, popular people, people in prison, people out of prison, the celebrities, the nobodies, the presidents, the paupers, the CEOs, the janitor, the bakers, the street sweepers, all of them, everyone from every walk of society will be required to take this mark. Required to take this mark of the beast. It is the mark of the devil. It is the mark of Satan. Now let's go a little bit farther and, and kind of explain what the, all of this is. Verse 16 says you have to either take it on your forehead or your right hand. I think that means a couple of things. I think it means those are exposed areas. Your right hand is exposed. Your forehead is exposed. So if you lose a limb, right, <clears throat> both limbs gone, just put it on your forehead. So somewhere is going to be on two exposed areas. Will it be visible? I don't know. It could be. You know, we have the technology to put all of your personal information on a tiny, tiny chip, don't we? And all of it can go to one central location. This is exactly what's happening in China. They're doing that right now. Everything about your life can be on a chip can go to one central location. We're moving towards cyber currency. I read uh, a couple of days ago that in Nigeria, they're uh, banning ATM transactions over $45 because they're pushing the people in Nigeria to go to cyber currency. You can't take more than $45 every day out of your account. They're pushing them. We're moving... And, and by the way, other European countries and our own America, Biden is the president now. We're, they're pushing us to a cashless society. Federal government, is our federal government is working on this right now, all right? In China, you're rated for your loyalty to the Communist Party. And how you're rated is how, what you can get, what kind of advantages you can get in society, what kind of jobs you can get, what kind of loans you can get, all of that. We have barcodes today, the black strips on your credit card. We're ready. We are ready. We are being groomed. It is coming. The mark of the beast is coming in whatever form that is. My warning to you is don't take the mark of the beast. Verse 17 says this. No one may buy or sell if you don't take the mark. So let's think about that for a minute. What are the ramifications of that statement? Don't take the mark of the beast. You can't buy or sell. No money, no cash. You can't buy, you can't sell, you can't, you can't. There's no daily commerce, no eBay, no Amazon, probably no job. So you have a family. What's going to happen to your family? They'll starve. There'll be no heat, right? Because you're not making any money. They're starving. You can't buy. You can't sell. You have no electricity. You have no AC. You have no water. Can you even buy a car? And what about you want to go to the doctor? You can't buy or sell. You cannot trade in commerce anymore. Now, you can maybe barter, but that's only going to be good for you know, a certain time. Can't go buy medicine, no gas, again, no car. And can you hold out for three and a half years? If you don't accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, 
before the rapture. Then the rapture happens. You're taken up. You can get saved. You can trust Jesus during this time, yes. But the chances are that you'll probably be martyred, if not die or starve to death. Can you hold out for three and a half years? You must run. You must hide. You'll probably die. and Some will live through that, but many will not live through that. This is what's happening in Afghanistan after we pulled out. It was a terrible way. It's just horrible what we did. Because our woke leaders, all right, in Afghanistan right now, you, you can't buy or sell. You're under the Taliban's rule. But the good thing about it, if you get saved, if you become a believer during the tribulation period, you will go to heaven. Probably die, but we'll go to heaven. The warning is simply this. Don't take the mark of the beast. Listen to what he says in Revelations 14. This is the warning. The third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and his image and receives his mark on his forehead or on his hand, he himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out full strength into the cup of his indignation. He shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels, in the presence of the Lamb, and the smoke of their torment is since forever and ever. They will have no rest day or night who worship the beast and his image and receives the mark of his name. If you take the mark, you are damned forever. He says you will drink of the wine of the wrath of God in full strength. The wine back there had, what uh, back in those days, one-third alcohol, two-thirds water. But he's saying here, and, that, that, and what would happen, you had a, a fermentation process would actually purify the water. God's wrath is poured out on you. Full strength. No dilution. 100% proof. The lake of fire is real, and you'll be cast into the lake of fire. And he says, verse 18 of Revelations 13, Here was wisdom, let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast. It is the number of a man. His number is 666. Here's the most famous of all apocalyptic figures in history, in literature, in TVs and movies. It's that 666, the Antichrist. And what does it mean? It is the identity of the Antichrist. It is the identity of a demonic system. It is his mark, his name, his number. In the Greek, Hebrew, and Latin, letters are numbers as well. And so we have a thousand speculations. I just heard not too long a podcast where one man uh, makes a decent case that the King Charles in Great Britain is the Antichrist because of his connection to the green agenda and his uh, connection to the World Economic Forum and how much power he actually has. So, you know, that's just one of many. But we really don't know who he is. Um, I think he could be alive today. But we know that he'll be dominated by Satan, possessed with Satan. He'll have supernatural power as well. Whoever he is, he is coming. We have many antichrists, but someday we'll have the antichrist as well. He says here is wisdom. And what does he mean by that? He means you will know what it means when it happens. You will understand 666 when it happens. 
The righteous will understand when the time comes. It is put in, in place in the last three and a half years of the tribulation period. I believe that's when it happens, in the last three and a half years of the tribulation period. I'll show you why in a second. Six is the number of man. It's short of seven. There's no, that's the number of perfection. Man was created on the sixth day. He worked six days and rested on the seventh day. The Hebrew slaves could not be a slave for more than six years. Fields were not to be sown more than six years. All right. They were allowed to rest on the seventh day. So here we have a trinity of sixes, which represents the ultimate of all human ingenuity and competence. The most, the most mankind can do is six. He always falls short of seven. Romans 3.23 says, All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Six, the height of man's arrogance and man's pride, man's folly, always one short. Man is a six without Jesus. We need Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord. And when you do that, you'll become a seven. You see, the Bible teaches that in the middle of the tribulation period, There'll be what's called the abomination of desolation. And hang on to that because we'll have some podcasts on that. That is when the Antichrist proclaims himself as God. And when he does that, things take a nasty turn. He kills the two witnesses in Revelations chapter 11. Satan is at war with Michael the angel at that time. He begins to uh, persecute Jews and Christians as well, like, it's, like they've never been persecuted in history. Everything gets worse. There are more judgments. There's, there's more uh, uh, diseases and pestilence and wars. Things just begin to come apart in those last three and a half years. That's why you have to be careful. This is why I believe that the Antichrist and the false prophet will come, and you must worship him. And I believe that the... Um, Mark of the Beast will take place in the middle of that three and a half year tribulation. So you have three and a half years to survive, all right? Many will not survive. But isn't it wonderful that now Jesus Christ gives you the chance to receive him as Lord and Savior. You can avoid the Mark of the Beast by trusting Jesus Christ alone for your salvation. My warning to you, don't take the Mark of the Beast. Hey, thanks for listening. Bye.